What's up, everybody? This is Bobby Moynihan. I play Orca on Star Wars Resistance, and you're listening to Radio Dakar. Broadcasting across the galaxy, you're listening to Radio Dakar, a Star Wars podcast dedicated to Resistance, The Mandalorian, and more. Alright, hello everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Radio Dakar. I'm your host, Doug Brooks, and this is my review of Star Wars, The Mandalorian. Chapter 13, The Jedi. This is the, what is it, second season, episode 5, written by and directed by Dave Filoni. And it's our live-action debut of Ahsoka Tano. And also, quite a revelatory episode as far as um, characters and advancing the plot of the show. Uh, I'll get into all that. Um, I'll also address uh, the choice for Ahsoka. Uh, but quickly, um, I'll, I'll talk about David Prowse, uh, who was, of course, the, the actor inside the Darth Vader costume for the original trilogy. Uh, he passed away this week. Uh, at the age of 85. Uh, unfortunately, according to his daughter, due to COVID-19, which just sucks, um, that, that we're losing anybody to that disease, uh, let alone uh, some of our beloved Star Wars people. Um, but I got to meet Mr. Prowse uh, back in 2007. And uh, it was at a local Comic-Con. He was the... Well... I also met Jeremy Bullock, who played Boba Fett at the same event, but I met him to get, a, to get an autograph for my wife's friend, who is a huge Boba Fett fan. Um, uh, but Dave Prowse was the first actor I met with the intent to get this autograph for myself. Uh, and I've still got it uh, framed. And... Uh, I got to tell the story uh, kind of quickly. Um, I went with my friend Kevin, and we were, I think Kevin had already met him, so he was just like along for the ride, you know, as far as like meeting him. Um, and we're in line to, to talk to him. And we're next, there's one guy up there at the booth, and we're next to go. And the, and the guy is just taking forever. And he's just talking and talking and talking. You can see that Dave's like, mm-hmm, yeah, uh-huh, all this. And finally, he's finished. So Kevin and I walk up. <clears throat> and the first thing Dave says is, he apologizes. For, he's like, I want to, you know, he was British. Um, so he's, I want to apologize uh, for the gentleman uh, taking up all that time. He just wanted to talk about my, uh, my weightlifting weightlifting career and he said that the guy just wanted to talk about like you know his what he did in weightlifting but he, he talked about his feet like i guess you you know bodybuilders don't usually have big feet and he was talking about like 
Dave had bigger feet than usual or something like this. But this is what the guy wanted to talk to him about. And he, he was just very apologetic that he took up that much time while we were waiting so he could talk to him about this. And I was like, it, it's all right. I just want to tell you how much I loved you in Star Wars. And thank you for playing such an icon, you know. Um, but he, he was just an utter gentleman and a class act. And uh, it was I'm glad I got to meet him. Uh, and um, he'll be missed. Uh, but as Yoda says, uh, rejoice for those who transform into the Force. Uh, so thank you, Mr. Prowse, for everything. Uh, so let's get to the episode. Now, let me just get this part out of the way, and then I'll just get into the actual plot and what was going on. So after months of reporting and rumors and speculation, we got Rosaria Dawson as Ahsoka. Which, her performance aside, I'll, I'll get to that. And I touched on it a bit last week, but I'll, I'll just bring it up again. Rosario Dawson has gone to court over assault charges against... Um, a transgendered person. And she's accused of um, not only assaulting him, but shouting transphobic things at him. And if you need more information, uh, Anthony Bresnikin today put out a article in, in Vanity Fair where he interviewed her and asked her about this. Some of the charges have been dropped. Um, you know, she denies everything. Has, talks about how she's been a supporter of the um, um, I don't want to I don't want to mess up the acronym. Um, LB uh, shoot. That she's supported the gay community and um, has been known this person for a long time. Still doesn't excuse the accusations. Like some, something happened there, and that's not good. <sighs> Sorry, I just struggle to put this into correct words. But we don't need intolerant people like this in Star Wars because it, you know you got to consider like transgender fans how are, you know they're gonna feel alienated by this I have transgender friends and you know I wouldn't and, you know, I follow them on Twitter, and much like with what I talked about last week with Gina Carano, you know, I just don't want any people to feel upset or 
distanced from the fandom just because of who is playing somebody and because of their actions in real life. And it's not fair to others to just dismiss it for the enjoyment of a character or a plot. You know, this is something that needs to be addressed. And the, the Vanity Fair article um, is maybe the closest we'll get to Lucasfilm saying anything about it. Now, it hasn't stopped them in the past because if... For those who don't remember, the original voice actor who is uh, going to do General or Lay Organa on Resistance um, was replaced due to um, uh, controversial statements uh, regarding uh, the uh, nomination process for a Supreme Court justice. This is going back a while. Um, so I, I actually posted a link on my Twitter uh, if you want to read about it. But because of what happened, they replaced her. And uh, we got, got somebody else to do the voice of Leia. And this was already once they had, you know, pretty much had the episodes in the can. So Lucasfilm has addressed something like this in the past. And these are charges that were brought up against Rosario Dawson before she was casted as Ahsoka. And in the article, they got into why they thought she was the best choice. And that, you know, Dave Filoni had, uh, you know, he, he chose this and all this. But it's still something that they need to consider. Okay, so think back a couple of weeks ago. We have Katie Sackhoff playing Bo-Katan. I mean, that felt right because it, she did the voice on the show, on the cartoon, and it's just... Um, Um, you know, portraying the character in live action. That episode felt right because it's the person who originated the character. Uh, to me, this episode felt like a an actor with a checkered past cosplaying a character originated by somebody else. I mean, I'll, I'll say it. Ashley Eckstein should have played Ahsoka in live action. Um, just because of the baggage, you know, she shouldn't have, uh, Rosario Dawson shouldn't have played her. It was a fan casting, and it's problematic because it alienates fans. That said, I also think she was wrong for the role because she, I, just it didn't seem like she was playing Ahsoka. She was it was like she was cosplaying. 
And you consider, you know, based on the timeline, we haven't seen Ahsoka in 10 years since her last appearance in Rebels. So, yes, she's going to change. Yes, she may sound different, but it just didn't seem like Ahsoka. They should have gotten Ashley, who who earned the chance. I mean, she originated the role and voiced her in multiple animated series uh, for a decade. More than that. She started that role in 08. So it, it just all around felt weird. Um, you know, whatever. I mean, they, there may be a live action series coming up with her. And so that's why they wanted someone with a bigger name. Who knows? But... <clears throat> It's just they, they had somebody there who is that character, and they passed it up. I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. So once I get into the review, I'm going to talk about Ahsoka just as the character, not the performance. Because I, that, hopefully I've said my piece on it. I just felt it that needs to be addressed because I've listened to other shows the last couple of days that just did not address it or, you know, just glossed over it. It's, it's too important when you're causing a rift with certain fans. I hope that made sense. All right, moving on to the actual episode. So we start out um, just as Bo-Katan told um, Din Djarin to go. It's uh, the city of Kaladin on the planet Corvus, which she, she called it a forest planet. And as we find out, it's, you know, scorched earth, a forest, um, which uh, in that Vanity Fair article, Dave Filoni said... Um, it was kind of influenced by the like the Northern California fires, um, and it gave it a very foreboding, you know, look to the episode. Um, so I actually appreciated that. And Ahsoka's cutting through the um, the city guards with her. Um, she still got the two white lightsabers, <clears throat> which um, she had in Rebels, and. Um, Again, read the Ahsoka novel or listen to it by E.K. Johnston. Uh, it kind of fills in what happened to her between Clone Wars and Rebels. Ashley narrated the audiobook. Highly recommended. Um, but we find out how she got the white lightsabers in that. And so she still got them here. So we get now blue, red, green, purple, yellow, black white that makes seven light lightsaber colors we've now seen in live action so that's pretty awesome we just need to get the variations in, from jedi order like orange and they have like a pinkish one in that game uh, we also get our first look at um uh lang played by michael bine who and i feel bad because i read that he was going to be in the in the series this season 
but it wasn't until like the end of the episode that I recognized him, you know, because he's older now. I mean, he was, remember, he was Kyle Reese in Terminator, the original one. And uh, he was in Aliens and uh, The Rock. I mean, he's, you know, an iconic macho 80s actor. So, and make, you know, this is kind of a late 80s homage series based on the timeline of, you know, Star Wars. Uh, so it was really awesome to have him here, but yeah, I didn't even realize it was him till the end. I was like, crap, that's Michael Bynes. Um, you know, he played interesting ex-military guy laying here. Uh, we also get Morgan Elsbeth, uh, the magistrate played by Dana Lee Inosanto, who, uh, is Bruce Lee's granddaughter, I believe. Um, but she, she was great here. Um, so we, we find out that, you know, she has information that Ahsoka wants. That's why she's there. Um, I'll, I'll get to the, more about her later. So, you know, but like, it's funny they called last week's episode, the siege. This is a more of a siege than that. Um, cause they keep sending out troops to get, to get killed by Ahsoka while she's, um, plotting how to get in and get the information. And this is all in the, this is all in the cold open too. It's interesting we don't get the, the episode is not necessarily from Din Djarin's perspective as usual because it starts with Ahsoka and ends with Ahsoka when she watches them take off rather than like our typical you know they take off in the you know we see them in the cockpit I'm sure Dave wanted to frame that uh, I mean you can really tell this is kind of a backdoor pilot um, if that's if that's what they're going with Uh, but you know, finally, we're in the in the cockpit uh, with Din and the child. I'll get to his name. Uh, you know, we get a call back to the gear shift knob, which was a cute thing from last season. Um, so he lands. He's going to go to the city uh, to find this Jedi that Bo-Katan said told him to go find. And, you know, like, you know, I talked about the environment with the dead trees and the hazy sky. Also, the city is just kind of creepy uh, with the scared citizens and those torture racks where, you know, they're getting electrocuted. Um, it's kind of a different, different feel. And it's been kind of neat that every, every planet he's, or location he's visited this season has been just a different environment. Uh, you've had... The snow and ice, you've had desert, you've had uh, like volcanic rock, you've had burnt forest, uh, the ocean, moon. That's amazing what they can do with the volume. Uh, keep it fresh with the different environments. Uh, and of course, this one has very Asian influence, especially once he goes into the inner city uh, where the magistrate is. Oh, uh, I can't remember who, but somebody on Twitter said it looked like the uh, the Asian part of Epcot. Uh, yeah, but um, no, it, it was it was it's good. It was different, um, kind of something we haven't seen in live action yet. 
so anyway you know um morgan elspeth has the best car spear that she offers as payment if you'll kill the jedi um and, and how many uh, i didn't think of it at first but remember um pedro pascal when he played um on game of thrones fought with a spear so that, that that's funny they would that'd be what his payment would be here yeah uh, so he so he goes back out to hunt for the jedi and really he just you could tell he was just playing along so that he could get some information about where she is so he could go find her um but they go back out into the forest and uh, sure enough there's an owl there it's got to be Mirai, the owl that is with Ahsoka in Clone Wars and Rebels. I mean, uh, having Bo-Katan was one thing, but this episode is like... Dave's like, okay, I'm putting enough in here to where you can follow the plot, but you really need to go back and watch the animated series because they have counted this whole time. So, uh, yeah... The Ahsoka versus Din uh, fight, albeit brief, was really awesome. And it really showed off that Mandalorian technology and armor was built thousands of years ago to fight the Jedi. Um, you know, his, his Beskar gauntlets can repel a lightsaber. The, the way he used the flamethrower, the way he, he um, used his grappling wire. Of course, you know, she had her Jedi abilities and was able to get free, but I mean, that was just a little taste of what that war was like. On a side note, I, I put it on Twitter, but I don't know if I committed it to um, recording. Uh, Taika Waititi is writing and direct, well, dr directing the next Star Wars film, which is slated for 2023, and he is writing it co-writing it with one of the writers of 1917 because he did an episode last season and because they're getting the writer of a war movie and he's he wrote you know um won an oscar for what was, uh the hitler movie i'm blanking on what he his his movie was called um Anyway, um, my guess, it's a guess. I don't have any information. My guess is that his movie is about the Jedi Mandalorian War. Because how that's how you restart the movie franchise. you got to go big. And to have another war movie and have the Jedi fight the Mandalorians who we have just learned about on TV... That's how you hook your general audience. So that's what I think the next movie is. I can't wait. I can't wait anyway. I love Taika Waititi. I've already said that. Anyway, so Ahsoka talks to the child. And his name just comes out of nowhere. Grogu. Um, and then we find out he was at the temple on Coruscant that he was a youngling. Um, and he was hidden at, uh, during Order 66. Um, 
the fact he already had a name, that doesn't surprise me. You know, you always wondered, like, who would Din name him or something like that. Um, but I, I, I really like that he already had a name. That he, we just didn't know it because he doesn't, you know, can't tell it. He can't speak it to someone. But I never in a million years would have guessed that he was already training with the Jedi. I thought he was either uh, just a child of the Force who has abilities that was, but was never discovered because of the war and all that. Or that he was a clone or something. I could, I could have gone with that. But yeah, I just did not expect that they would go like, yeah, he was at the temple, but he got out. And then it raises the question, all right, who hid him um, during the uh, during the purge? You know, who got him out? What, was, he, you know, was he there when Anakin started cleaning house against all the younglings? Uh, it's just a lot of things we don't know now that hopefully will be answered maybe in flashback form or something like that. But yeah, the big question becomes now who hid him? Was it just somebody random or was uh, there purpose to it? Um, if, you, if you've read some of the comic books, uh, Jocasta knew the Jedi librarian survived. Maybe she got him out. Uh, Quinlan Boss pops to mind for me. Um, or it could just be a Jedi we don't know about who just happened to get him out. Uh, yeah, this is tough. I hope we find out. Uh, the training scene was cool with the rock and then the, the gear shift knob. Um, it, it's just really interesting to have a non-force user involved with the training like this because, you, you know, Din doesn't understand everything. He admits he doesn't understand it. Um, but for him to actually participate in training and focusing uh, with a force user, that's really neat. Um, but, you know, Soka doesn't want to train him because, and you, you can tell she's talking about Anakin, that, you know, even the best Jedi Knights can fall to to fear and it, it's an interesting idea that you know by not training them you just let them suppress their abilities to where they can't hurt them or cause harm to others um, because you know I've always thought well if you don't train somebody who's fearful like like Anakin and Phantom Menace then their abilities would become unhinged and out of control and that would make them more dangerous than training them and trying to discipline them but it's interesting that it's kind of the other way that she feels that you know if you do train them then that attachment and that fear gets worse and it's a new era too it's not like the the jedi order of old so we'll see where that path takes us um, but they decide um, to team up so that they can get to the magistrate and get the information she needs and he can um, you know fin finish his part of the deal 
um, even though he's not actually going to kill her. Um, and he, he even says in a Mandalorian and a Jedi, they'll never see it coming. You know, the idea they're working together. Um, so yeah, the, the infiltration of the, of the, uh, of Kaladin was pretty cool. And, um, you know, our first clue as to who we were going to find out about, um, the HK droids had the seventh fleet logo on them, which I had to have pointed out to me, but, um, I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. Um, but you know, the fight between Ahsoka and the, um, the magistrate was cool. Um, yeah, interesting. You know, they haven't explored Beskar that much to let us know that, you know, the spear could block in a duel like that. Which, you know, will it block against the Darksaber? You know, now that as by the end of the episode, Den has that as a, as a weapon. So will he be able to use it against Moff Gideon? We'll see. And I really thought since Ahsoka was holding the spear at the end, does she fashion that into the staff that we saw in Rebels? But I guess not. Um, and then kind of the standoff between uh, Lang and uh, Din was pretty cool too. And <clears throat> I really liked uh, Wing Tao Chow as uh, the governor, who we thought was just a you know, concerned citizen, but turns out he was... The one who had his power, his authority taken by the magistrate. Uh, yeah, he was a good actor. I liked him in this episode. <clears throat> uh, so anyway, let's get to the reveal. So when Ahsoka defeats the magistrate and has her... Well, compromised. You know, she's got a lightsaber against her. Um, you know, she's been wanting to know, wanting to find out where Morgan's master is. And she actually says, um, where is Grand Admiral Thrawn? So I didn't, yeah, I didn't expect that. I don't know where it's going. My first thought was, okay, they're just advancing the ending of Rebels, where, if you haven't seen it, you really should. Um, where Ezra Bridger defeated Thrawn by uh, jumping them into the unknown regions and getting him away from the Galactic Civil War. So he wasn't a factor in the tr original trilogy. Um, for so those of us who have seen Rebels know that at some point we'll get um, a sequel series where it's Ahsoka and Sabine Wren hunting for Ezra and Thrawn. Well, they advance that here. Um, now you start to wonder, is this going to be a live action series or is it going to be, um, be like, okay, you liked her here. Let's watch this animated series. It's coming out in a year or so. 
And it also confirmed a suspicion I had that the epilogue of the Rebels finale, the very end of it, takes place after this episode because Ahsoka has to go back to Lothal to pick up Sabine to go look. And it kind of makes sense now because she can say, okay, I got the information I needed from the magistrate. I know where to go look. And it took this long to get that information, like 10 years. Because the uh, liberation of Lothal was before Yavin, or Scarif even. So, and everybody, you know, people are already like, oh, why would they wait this long to go find Ezra? Well, if you don't really know where to go look, you gotta find some clues, and it may take a while, unfortunately. Oh. And I almost expected, like, when she, because, as I said, she was the last thing we see in the episode, not uh, the Razor Crest. I almost expected, like, her to pull out a um, hollow projector, and you'd see, like, Sabine with a helmet on, so they wouldn't have to worry about the actress at the moment. And I almost expected that, like, she would, it would, she would appear, and then Ahsoka would have said, "Sabine, I know where to go. Look, I'm coming to Lothal to get you." But they didn't go. They didn't go there. But. Um, so Ahsoka still won't train Grogu. Um, but she tells uh, Dinjarin to take him to Tython, which is um, in canon before. We'll see if it's changed. I won't get into it here because I, I didn't know about it. Um, but for. Grogu to sit on the seeing stone and try to connect through the force to another Jedi. Kind of like what Luke did on Achto when he decided to open back up to the force and he connected with Leia. You know, it'd just be like that. So then the question becomes who might answer the call? Maybe this was Ahsoka's way of getting Ezra's attention. Will it be Luke? Will it be Quinlan Voss? I don't know why I keep thinking. Uh, you know, Quinlan Voss, it was in the Clone Wars. It was in the Dark Disciple book. Um, I think the comics established that he survived Order 66. So that would be a neat way to get him back into live action because they kind of reverse engineered him into a character because he was a background character on Tatooine in The Phantom Menace. And then they took that look and made him a character in the comics. And then, you know, mentioned him in Revenge of the Sith and, and said, oh yeah, he was undercover on Tatooine, so that really was him. Um, so it'd be interesting if they established that he was not only the one who hid Grogu, but, um, you know, answered his call all these years later. That, that's, that's just guess on my part, but it would kind of tie everything up neat. Um, or it doesn't even have to be a living Jedi. Could it be Obi-Wan or Yoda or Anakin? Um, so we'll see. I mean, that says, well, I think they'll get to Tython by the end of the season, but maybe that's when Moff Gideon shows up because he's been tracking them and he doesn't actually get to try to connect through the force. And so they have to return to Tython later in the series. Plus, I mean, 
I mean, he may not even connect to a Jedi. Maybe there's just no one out there to answer the call. Kind of rhyming with like the ending of Last Jedi. Or he just doesn't get to do it right then, so he has to go back and try to connect later, and that's when you know, he'll make the decision, okay, even though I did connect, do I want to stay with Din Djarin and become a Mandalorian? I, I think that's where the series is heading, that he forsakes the, uh, the his Force abilities and stays in the Mandalorian creed. And we'll see. Uh, that's all I've got for the episode. Um, I know I spent a lot of time talking about the choice of actors, but I thought that was important, even if I may have rambled and not made much sense. Uh, but I mean, the episode, it, I mean, it did feel a little disjointed because, you know, Dave was kind of writing it for certain reasons, I guess, but I mean, we found out more about Grogu and, um, Okay. We got Thrawn in live action mentioned. That's pretty awesome. See where that goes. But it also it sets the plot forward as far as um, you know what they what they want to do with um, Grogu and what Din has to do with him as the next step because you know he thought this was going to be it. Just drop him off with Ahsoka and, and that's what he was supposed to do. But no, he still got him. And, uh, they're going forward and they're still getting chased by Gideon. Um, so we shall see what happens next. Uh, but thanks for listening. Um, we'll be right back at it with another episode next week. There's three to go this season. Uh, but you can follow me, follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Radio Dakar, R-A-D-I-O-D-Q-A-R. Uh, you can listen to the previous episodes on most major podcast platforms, uh, Anchor, Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Overcast. Um, but again, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see you next week for more Grogu. Uh, until then, may the Force be with you. <laughs>